Luke chapter 5. This was an interesting statement made by our Lord. And I had had this put in, I had squared this off and uh, as a sermon that I was that the Lord wanted me to preach. I'd been reading the Bible several weeks ago and outlined this and at the campground when I was studying, uh, this, this was just popping out to my spirit and God was wanting me to preach this this morning to us and to anybody that's going to be listening to the podcast today. Uh, this, was a, this was a conversation uh, with, with Jesus at a banquet being held for him with Levi the tax collector. Okay. And everybody knows who Levi is. Who is, who is Levi? Levi, the tax collector. So he was, he was just a tax collector, but who, what I guess is what I'm trying to associate is who else in the scripture is a tax collector that Jesus called? Yes. Right. So looking at this, the tax collectors, that, that these were some rotten people, okay? They stole from people. They took more than what they were supposed to take, or they didn't turn in what they should turn in, and they kept it back for themselves. You're talking about a heartless, heartless people was the tax collector. And to think that Jesus would call one of these people to preach and to follow him and be an apostle. And but I think one of the things that I wanted to look at that the Lord was moving on me about as I read this to you. And Levi being Matthew the tax collector, right? When you look at this, what was Matthew's mindset? What was his mindset when the Lord comes by and calls him? So here's a guy who knows he's a cheat. Who has robbed people from a very poor community, right? What was his mindset like? How long had he been doing it? I'm not for sure. But he was an employee of Rome. And that's how this happened. Rome would employ these Jewish people to collect taxes from their brethren, from their nation, from their nation's people. So imagine if it would, the scene would look something like this. There would be a little booth and there would be hordes of people and it would be time to pay your taxes to Rome. Well, all the people would come by the little booth and Matthew would collect their money, overcharging them sometimes and sometimes keeping back for himself. Most of the time, the tax collectors were greedy, manipulative, terrible people that took from people who were barely making it and put it in their own pocket. Now, there's a reason why Jesus called him. There's a reason. When he passed by Matthew, he said, come and follow me. And the scripture says he dropped everything that he had and he followed him. And it says here, and I'm going to read up through verse 27 down through about 31. Later, as Jesus left town, he saw 
a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet. He was so excited. Listen to this. He held a banquet at his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, and this is the one I want to I I really focus on this. Healthy people don't need a doctor. But sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Hey, Linda, how are you, dear? So I want to I take a look at this again. Jesus says, here, here we have a tax collector being called by the Lord to leave everything that he's got. Okay, let's, let's look at this for just a second. To leave your job as a tax collector, to go and follow Jesus, would have been a major decision that this person would have made because that was an extremely wealthy position to have. You had all the wealth that you could have ever wanted being a tax collector. But on the other hand, you had to have been a cheat. A hard-hearted cheat that took from people who were barely making it poorest of the poor and taking everything they had and putting it in your pockets. That's what these guys did. That's what they did. Now for him to just stop what he's doing, that's a very, that, that, that verse of Scripture right there where in verse 27 and 28, later as Jesus left town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting in his tax collector's booth and said, follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. And then he got up and left everything and followed him. Okay, that is a, we read that and we go, okay, he followed Jesus. But what is the story with that? How could he leave that so easily and just follow after the Lord? How could he do that? I'm going to tell you how. I believe that that Levi had known who Jesus was. And I believe that he was probably so sick and convicted in heart of what he had done. And I believe he was looking for a way out. And I believe he didn't know how to do that. I think that he was in a place in his life to where he wanted to be right with God. I think that he was just at that point to where he had had enough. And he wanted to be right with God. I think he had all this baggage, this spiritual baggage that was piled upon him And he was probably sitting in that booth wondering, you know, I don't want to do this no more. What am I ever going to do? Because isn't that the times that Jesus usually passes by? 
our lives, when you're at that moment and you say, you know what? I've had enough. I just wish I could figure this out. Jesus looks at him and says, come and follow me. And you know what? It wasn't it, it, the Bible do, doesn't make it clear that it was some big hard thing for him. He just got up and left the booth. Now, did he go and find somebody to take his place? Did he say, hey, Rome, listen, I'm quitting and you need to find did, all this money that's laying in this booth? He just got up and left. What does it say? And then later on, we see him having a banquet. But he invites all of his friends. I mean, he was he was happy to be free of what he was doing. Something miraculous had happened to him. And I'm going to tell you something about that. Jesus talked about the sick. The spiritually ill. Down in verse 31, Jesus answered when they said, hey, why are you hanging out with these kind of people? He looked at them and he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. There is a sickness that invades your spirit just like your body gets sick. Just like we get sick physically and we get ill and we get the flu, a cold, a disease. So this is in the spirit as well. You can become unhealthy in the spirit. You can become sick in the spirit. The more you lay off of prayer, the more you lay off of reading the Bible, the more susceptible you are to attacks from the devil. And all of a sudden your mindset, your heart, your, your, your way you think just starts to deteriorate and it starts to become ill. But sick people, these kind of sick people that Jesus is talking about, if we read down, he says in verse 32, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. That tells me that Jesus knew Levi's mindset. He knew that Levi sitting in that booth needed a change. He needed to turn around and go the other way. He needed to stop what he was doing and fix this, right? And so Jesus gave him that chance. And all of his friends that came to the banquet, he was extending that chance to them as well. Because righteous people or people who think they're righteous are some of the hardest people to get saved. Because they think they do no wrong. And they don't see themselves as sinners who need to repent. Why do I need to repent, Janet, when I live such a good life? You know, I don't hurt anybody. I don't, I don't go out and I don't get drunk. I don't do drugs. I go to work every day. I take care of my family. I don't need to repent. What am I doing wrong? How many people have I dealt with over my ministry that the Lord has given me that has seen things that way that don't understand there's a spiritual illness that you have? There's a spiritual illness that you have. And you have got to see that in order for the Lord to be able to react to what you're... Jesus says, listen to this. Listen to what He says. If you want to know the Lord's motivation in helping people, He said, look, look at what He says. He says, healthy people don't need, need a doctor. And what He's saying is, healthy people 
think they don't need a doctor. They think they're healthy, right? They go to synagogue all the time. The Jewish folks did. They pray. They they do all the acts of Moses and the law. They don't think they need a doctor. This is the most dangerous place to be in. Listen to me very carefully. That's why the Bible says, let a man examine himself. Look, you need a physician spiritually. Every one of us goes through things in this life. A multitude of things where you need help. You need that. You need spiritual redemption from time to time. You need to be an overcomer over things from time to time. There are valleys that people walk through from time to time. There are hilltops that have to be climbed from time to time. There are uneven places in the Spirit from time to time. There are places when you fall back from time to time. There's all kinds of different... Christianity is made up of human beings. And human beings are not all the same. That's why there was 12 different apostles. Because one apostle might be able to reach this person that this apostle would never ever be able to make a connection with. It takes a diversity like this of the dynamics of personality and, 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 and the ability for people to, to, to get understanding from people. But being human puts you in the category of facing all kinds of things, spiritually speaking. Some people have a problem with with alcohol. Some people have a problem with anger. Some people have a problem with jealousy. Some people have a problem. And, And you know, when you get saved, you get redeemed and born again. But sometimes these things need to be dealt with, you see. But sick people are the people who look at their life and and have the ability to go, yes, I, I need the Lord, right? I say that because that's the people Jesus Jesus reacts to. If you walk around thinking that you need nothing and that you got it all done and you don't continually see your need for the Lord, remember, He said, I didn't come to to, to get the righteous or those who think they're righteous. I didn't come. He said, it's the sick people that I come for. Realize that while we are on this earth, while we are yet human, while we are yet affected by our surroundings and things going on, that we have got to cling to God's hands, folks. Listen. Oh my goodness, do you have to really understand this? Look at the grace in this for a minute. Just like you try to maintain physical health, just like you try to do that by eating right, by doing, trying to live right, you've got to do this in the Spirit. You have to do this in the Spirit. You have to try to maintain your spiritual well-being. It's more important than your physical well-being. Because it has ties to eternity. Listen at, the, listen at this. Understanding that sin is a disease and a sickness will often remind you to go to the healer for your help. When you start struggling in your spirit life, run to Christ. Run to Him. Don't walk, run. Run. 
Go and lay your burdens at the Lord's feet. Ask Him for help. Don't let go of His hand. Like Jacob said, I will not let go of you until you bless me. Grab hold and let God have His way. Get healed. Get helped. Stand strong. It's the wonder of Christ's grace. When you think of how pitiful we all are really, and how truly misguided we all are, it should remind us of how wonderful God's grace really is. It was a a wonder of Jesus' grace that He would even call a tax collector. I mean, listen, this is God walking around, right? And He's watching these tax collectors cheat these poor people and cause them to have no food to eat and to cause them to have no money for any of their daily living, to probably cause them to lose where they were living. God was watching him do that. But yet, he reached out for his hand and offered him life. Even though God had witnessed such terrible things. He said, come and follow me. And he says that to you and to you and to you and to you and to me. On your worst ever day. He says, come and follow me. Just walk with me. We make things so terribly difficult and complex. All that he wants, he didn't set, he did, he didn't have to set up any training for this tax collector for Matthew. He just looked at him and he said, Come here and follow me. And it was it. And those few words caused a banquet to happen because redemption took place. When you listen to the Lord and you truly just give in to His grace and His mercy, those two things are the most wonderful things for a lost soul that knows that it's lost. When you know you're lost and when you know that you're in deep sin and when you want to make a change, And that loving arm of Christ extends to you. And He says, I love you, come and follow Me. And you've been so much lost, it is such a wonderful thing to receive mercy and grace. Mercy. Mercy is tied with grace. Mercy is not getting death for what you did. Mercy is a forgiving King who owns your life and doesn't take it from you even though you're so desperately wicked. Mercy says, I love you. Mercy says, I'm going to give you another chance. Grace is His unmerited favor 
that makes that happen. Grace is that attitude that looks at such a despised person as a tax collector and doesn't judge him, but says, no, I see the value in you. Beneath what you're doing, beneath what has been done, there is value in you. And God's loving hand, and only God can see it past that kind of ugly. Only God can see that in a person. We can't. Oh, if Christ is in our heart and we're living for God, we can. But to see the value of a person beneath their sin, beneath their wickedness, beneath their desperation. And God look at a wicked tax collector and say, I'm going to immortalize you in the Word of God and you're going to follow Me. What did He do to deserve that? What did He do in His life? This is Matthew thinking, God, what did I do to deserve such a wonderful thing? What did I do? I serve this, I sing this song by Marty Rabon, and it talks about that. What have I done to deserve to live in such a peacefulness? When all that I had done is create such a havoc, people hate me for what I've done to their families. I mean, he was hated. And God reached his arms out for him and took him and saved his soul. So it was when Jesus passed by, sitting in his little booth, follow me. Probably feeling pretty bad. Matthew was wanting redemption. But I want you to listen to this. God took this. You have to understand the mindset of the people back then. To completely understand this verse of Scripture, you have got to understand how the people saw tax collectors. This is one of those times that you have got to know the, the customs and the mannerisms of the people of that day. To be able to understand who this guy was and how he was viewed, this will give you complete understanding. He was hated. Just like they called him scum here, he was hated. You think to yourself, Lord, if you're trying to build a ministry here, why would you put somebody in your ministry that's so hated? And then take a look fast forward a few years here and take a look at the Apostle Paul or Saul as he was in the book of Acts and look at him. What was Saul? Saul was what? He was what? Hated. The church hated him. He was killing the church. Why would you take, Lord, such despicable people, such scum, and put them in your ministry and then expect people to follow them? One might ask that question. And the answer to that is simply this. Because it's in people like that that you can see the work of God very clearly in their lives. 
when such an improvement is made. It would be very, very difficult to take your, your, your ordinary good person and then make a big change in their life. That's not going to be a big change. Well, he already never drank. He already never smoked. He already never cursed. He already never did whatever. He never did all that stuff anyway. So, but when you take this guy who's the world's worst and you make such a change, you can clearly see the power of God in this man's life and in his testimony. People look at him and go, you know what? If he can be saved, anybody can be saved. And if God can do that for him, God can do that for anybody. And the work of God is so miraculous. And you take a person that's at the bottom of the barrel like that, they live a life that's so thankful that they would never go back on God again. Never. When you're hated by all your countrymen, when everyone in your life knows that you're scum, you're on the bottom of the barrel. You have no friends. You have no church. You have no people. You have nothing. And this is why, and I'll end with this, this is why when the two men who stood before the king, who owed the king money, and the king was very forgiving, one man owned, we'll say, $10 million. The other owed $10. The one that owed $10 million, there was no way either one of them could ever pay this back. The one could have paid the $10 back with a little time and work, but the one for $10 million could have never paid it back. He was at, spiritually speaking, the bottom of the barrel. And when the king forgave them both, who loved him more? The one who had an impossible debt to pay. The one who had an impossible debt. The ten million. Can you imagine being forgiven of that? And he loved the king more than the one who owed the simple ten dollars. Who would then, we'll just use the parable that where the man went out and after the king had forgiven him his debt, went out and shook his people that owed him money and threw them in the prison when they didn't pay him. And God called that a wicked servant. But God's grace re reached down with right here into Levi's life and took the worst of the worst and brought him in to make him, to deliver him and bring him into the ministry. What an amazing show of God's grace that anyone, anyone is accepted into the kingdom of God.